welcome everyone in to the very first episode of the Fake Pigskin Fantasy Football. You have Chris Heil here, joined in with Justin. Justin, how you doing tonight, sir? Very good. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. I can't wait to get this kicked off. We're going to talk about fantasy football, something we're both very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, if you want to go ahead, let everyone know a little bit about yourself and where they can find you at. Well, I am from Boston, right outside of Boston. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Lanero underscore Justin. And I've been, the last year or so, I've been writing for a company out of Minnesota called Fantasy Football Beast House. I just recently joined up with Fake Pigskin doing the, um, um, the NFL like, um, news feed with players that, you know, pertain to, uh, you know, fantasy relevant players. So, um, I, I wrote a, last year I wrote a cinnamon stardom column for fantasy football beast house, which, which was pretty cool. So, um, 14 years I've been doing fantasy football, keeper leagues, you name it. I'm very excited. Well, there you go. Sounds like you're staying pretty busy. Uh, myself, you can always find me on Twitter at the Grizzly Beard. Um, as long as, as far as football goes, you can find me on Fake Pigskin. I only have a couple articles out there, but I'm going to go ahead and produce some more here as we're kind of getting into the home stretch where team camps and everything will get going. Additionally, next week I'm going to have all my rankings from quarterbacks to tight ends, defenses. I'm going to have all my rankings out on FantasyPros.com. And then also if you go to FantasySportsNetwork.com, you can find me as a contributing writer there. And they also have a TV service uh, they provide for you so you can watch daily uh, fantasy shows and different things along those. Um, nice. But we'll go ahead and get into this. We're going to stick kind of with the rookie since the draft just happened uh, just shortly ago. And we'll go ahead and start off with Johnny Menzel. And, Justin, I want to go ahead and kind of feel, do you think he's going to be a decent quarterback starting off, or are you going to kind of wait a couple years to dig into him? <laughs> you know, he's kind of – I know he has the glamour and glitz about him, and he's obviously pretty marketable. Uh, I'm not too keen on him, uh, to be honest with you. Maybe in the future, but certainly not right off the bat. And uh, the reason being is I think he's a, he's a erratic, uh, point blank. Um, I also think he got a ton of help from Mike Evans um, being at A&M. Um, there's no question that he does have, uh, he, he possesses some, some skills that uh, separate him from other quarterbacks. Um, he's a gunslinger. Um, he can make the NFL throws. He's shown that. He's very athletic. He, he can move. Oh, he can throw on the run. You know, his instincts seem pretty good. He's got good arm strength. Uh, the fact that Josh Gordon uh, has ran into this Issue. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but it certainly doesn't look good. I think that is going to weigh a huge impact on whoever is the quarterback in Cleveland. Yeah, I think the whole Josh Gordon thing really hurt the team. And, you know, they tried to not act as, you know, depressed as all the Cleveland fans were. But, I mean, it's a huge hit. Mm. So my, my take on Johnny, Johnny football, I love the guy. I'm a Cleveland fan. 
Pay him money. Let's get him going. I'm ex- super excited for him. He's super athletic. He's able to run the ball into the end zone. He's able to throw on the run, like you said. Uh, you know, he can make plays out of nothing. I really kind of see him as a superstar in the NFL. And then in fantasy football, I can kind of see him throwing deep balls and additionally scoring in the on his feet. I can see him kind of in a almost Russell Wilson slash Cam Newton mix. I can kind of see it between the two of them where they're both agile, they can both extend plays, but yet Cam Newton is able to go ahead and score at the goal line. And that's the one thing I see about Johnny Manziel is he's not scared to take a hit and he will run wherever, which, you know, does scare franchise owners. Sure, sure. The difference with Manziel and Cam Newton is obviously the the size. Um, Newton Newton is a A beast. A monster. So uh, there's no question he he has the talent. Um, uh, He he really doesn't. And I think for, for just about every rookie uh, quarterback coming into the league. It's going to take some time to develop, especially his style of play. It's not going to just work overnight. But like we've seen in the last couple of years, the, the league is changing. They're, they're chucking the ball 50 times a game, so it could work. But um, this Josh Gordon thing, because he's emerged as a top three wide receiver in the league. I mean, some people even have him as high as one. If he's not going to be there... Regardless whether it's Hoyer or Manziel, I think they're going to have issues you know, moving the football. Uh, as far as reports I have seen coming out, uh, they're saying that Cleveland's going to be more of that running team. You know, they're going to go ahead and use Ben Tate, but so you can say whatever that's worth. He's going to most likely get injured. I mean, saying that about a player is never a nice thing. But nope. The guy is injury prone. Nope. Uh, so they went ahead and drafted another running back, and you know they're already say, coming out saying that they're going to be a running team. So, you know, it also kind of makes you wonder, you know, is, like, Johnny Football going to be, a, like, fantasy viable? It's going to take some time, for sure. I mean, Rome wasn't built over, overnight. Um, he's certainly going to sell jerseys. He's going to put uh, tushes in seats. The the, the season ticket uh, sales are have shot up, I guess, overnight. Uh, it's, it's, and it's great for the city. Um, but the, the, the transition from being an, a great college quarterback to the NFL, it's, it's huge. And maybe if he calms down a little bit and, and goes through his reads and he doesn't have to feel like he's got to do it all and run around like a madman. Uh, and that's where I, I, I alluded to the fact. I mean, he's pretty erratic in my opinion. I'm not a hater of him. I'm not a hater of him completely. There's no question he's he's a he's a skilled athlete. I'm just not sure that I want him to be the the. I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm spoiled here in New England too. So number twelve has been the quarterback for a little while. So I'm 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 setting the um, the bar pretty high here. All right, so we'll go ahead and move over to another quarterback. We'll go ahead and uh, let's get your stance on Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he was drafted near the end of the first round. Uh, what do you expect from him? Well, I actually thought for months that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be in Cleveland. It, it all signs pointed towards him at at pick four going to to Cleveland for a little while, and then he stunk up um, his pro day. Which, I mean, that's kind of like basing a 
a student, a pers- prospective student on his SAT scores. I think there's more variables that go into whether or not, um, he, Teddy Bridgewater has a proven track record. He's, you know, he plays a cerebral position to begin with. He's a, he's a smart guy. He's, he's a guy that's composed. He, he's a film junkie. He makes great decisions as well. Um, great vision. And he, let's face it, Christian Ponder is not Joe Montana. So there's, there's a good chance that Bridgewater will step in week one and, and there's some weapons in place in Minnesota too with the Corderell Patterson. So things are, I, I'm, I'm more, I am a Bridgewater guy more than Manziel at this point. All right. Uh, as far as Bridgewater goes, um, you know, before the season, the college football season started, he was going to be the consensus number one pick. Uh, with that being said, I still think he's a very, very talented athlete. You know, he has awesome reads, and he goes through each step, and, you know, he's he makes the proper throws in everything that he needs to. But as far as talent out there in Minnesota, you know, Adrian Peterson just isn't much of a check down back, and I really just feel like he's going to be handing off the ball a whole lot. Mm-hmm. What I do like about Bridgewater, though, is Kyle Rudolph. I feel like th- there mm-hmm. is going to be the connection. You know, Bridge- or, uh, Bridgewater and Rudolph is just going to be something that people are going to get very used to, yep. and I could actually see Rudolph being a potential sleeper and maybe sneak into the top five for tight ends. I, I agree 100%, especially under um, Norv, right? So we, we've we've... Rudolph in the last couple of years has, has been kept, you know, he, he's had eight, nine touchdowns, I think. Um, the receptions haven't been there, but he's a great athlete, and I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, they'll, they'll have a, he'll be that, um, safety blanket, so to speak, in the middle of the field for, for Bridgewater. Alright, so let's go ahead and switch it up here. We'll go ahead and talk about a running back. We don't have a whole lot of running backs to talk about, but we're gonna go ahead and talk about Bishop Sankey. And mm. kind of what you feel uh, because Sean Green has gotten hurt recently. Sean Green um, runs like my four-month-year-old son, um, and, he, and he always has. Uh, so I, I cannot see Green uh, doing anything to the bulk uh, of carries that this kid Sankey is going to have. Uh, he epitomizes what a war, what a war course should be in the league, which is uh, there's not a ton of them anymore. Um, he's, he has just about every attribute um, for a successful running back in the league, and he's durable. I could see a guy like him. Well, he's the first running back taken off the board, right? So, um, But he does have big shoes to fill with um, Chris Johnson being gone. Um, but, again, he, he's got a great nose for the end zone. Uh, he After the after contact, he's he, pretty good. He's, he has that Barry Sanders lower body strength. He's consistent. Um, I can't speak. Uh, I'm, I'm very anxious to see this kid play. And it, you know, he goes back to the the, um, the Jake Locker days in Washington. So they have some history playing together. Yeah, I've actually haven't hasn't heard too many people speaking as highly as you are about him. Um, you know, with him, I kind of think him and Sean Green are going to split carries. Um, before they drafted him, uh, Sankey, that is, you know, the coaching staff, as far as reports that I've seen, were that Sean Green was looking very good, and they were pretty impressed with what he had to offer as far as previous game films and different things like that. 
Um, you know, I actually wrote an article about how I could see Sean Green being the number one back there. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he still is. And like I said, they're probably going to split carries. But, you know, I think in a, like a dynasty league, you know, Bishop will be the starting back probably by like week eight, you know, week nine. And then, you know, you'll have him for multiple seasons from there on. I just think that Sean Green's going to wear out and, you know, he's still having issues with his knee, the same knee that he had surgery on last year. Um, I do like him and I, he actually has very decent hands. So for, for someone like, uh, Jake Locker, he's able to go ahead and extend the play for him. And I kind of like that. And that's appealing to some PPR owners. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I will disagree on the Sean Green side because we, I had the, uh, he, he was in, he was a jet obviously before he went to Tennessee and, um, he's, He's a guy that, that gets a couple yards of carry. There's not a lot of cutting going on. He's just, he's just Sean Green. He's very, very vanilla. Um, I've, uh, this Bishop's, this Sankey, um, no Sean Moreno comparisons have been drawn. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so as far as Sankey, do you think he's going to be the goal line back or do you think that Sean Green's going to be that guy? That's a, that's a great question. I think time will tell. Well, you, you said week eight. He, he, he has the components to be a workhorse. Um, what that means in 2014, I really don't know because of, of all the platoons and running back by committees that, that exist. Green, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how big he, he is bigger. Um, that's, that, that, that's a, that's a good time will tell. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I kind of like I said they're going to split the carries and that's where I kind of see Sean Green in. You know, I feel like as soon as they kind of get close to that end zone, you know, people are going to be picking up on Green and I feel like that's why Green's going to be kind of that person that people hang on to because he's going to be that guy that gets maybe 30 yards and a touchdown and you know, his he's going to make or break your fantasy week by that touchdown. You know, you're if he doesn't score a touchdown, he screws you, but you know, if he does you're going to go ahead and get, you know, what, six to nine points a week from him. Nothing too exciting, but something that, you know, some people will rely on. Yeah. he. I mean, I, I hate to have to live uh, by whether Sean Green gets in the end zone every week. I'm hoping that I draft a better team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like I said, time time will tell. Uh, we we yeah, especially with uh, you know, he plays. He'll be playing against the Texans twice a week, and that defensive front's pretty tough. So you know, something along those lines, you know, that's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, the the Michael Bush uh, effect. Um, uh, how many years did he steal the touchdown vulture at the one? You know, um, so <clears throat> time will tell. I mean, it's we're only in May, but I'm, I'm anxious to see. Exactly, and so with all team reports, different things like that, you know, we will go ahead and. Hopefully by the beginning of the season, we'll have a better idea of what's going on. Absolutely. We'll go ahead and move over to wide receivers here, and we'll go with the top one taken, Sammy Watkins. Let's go ahead and get your thoughts of Sammy and what to to expect this year. I've been watching Sammy Watkins for three years, and I can remember the first time I saw him play, I said, that kid is special. He is special. Great hands. He started for three years. 
he has that breakaway speed that you rarely see that athletics that athleticism that you rarely see um his body control his good size the explosiveness uh, there's a thousand adjectives you could use to describe him i don't i see sammy Watkins and then i see just about every other wide receivers uh, and and i know that people have said mike evans may i mean that's debatable but as far as sammy Watkins, uh I think the only question with with how high of a ceiling Sammy Watkins can have is whether or not the distributor of the ball can you know uh, can get him the football. Um, so uh, time will tell with Watkins too. But he's he he is has the makings of he could be a we could be talking in a couple of years. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game, or immediately for that matter. Wow. Uh... As far as Sammy Watkins goes, I absolutely love the appeal of, you know, he is a game changer. You know, he's able to jump up for the ball, and he's able to extend pretty much any play. Uh, he's very, very elusive. He can break tackles. He's strong. Uh, but when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, you know, I, act, I still think Robert Woods is going to be the number one wide receiver there. I have, I have a strong feeling about that. I really like Robert Woods, and I've been tooting his horn for a while now. I feel like Sammy Watkins is going to be that underneath. He's going to be that short yardage kind of guy, but he'll also have those deep fades additionally. So he'll kind of be the all over, play in the slot, doing everything that they want. You know, I wouldn't be surprised too if they kind of have him in the backfield too. That is a distinct possibility. Uh, he's again. I think it's this is predicated on whether or not EJ Manuel can. Get him the ball. Uh, don't forget Mike Williams uh, is there now as well. But I I agree 100 percent with Woods too. He was kind of a you could see him get better week to week last year. Stevie Johnson's gone. They're 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 going to be exciting if they can stay healthy with CJ Spiller and guys like that. I think we've yet to see um, that team go. There's some pieces intact in Buffalo that are that are interesting to see. Yeah. Talking about C.J. Spiller, and we won't go too deep into this. Uh, you know they've drafted they drafted running backs, and, or no, they, they traded for Bryce Brown. And mm -hmm. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Brown is the number one running back in there within a couple weeks into the season. For whatever reason, it seems like the coaches are writing off C.J. Spiller early in the season. Now, two weeks ago, if you talk to me, C.J. Spiller, I had a, I had him in my top five for running backs going into this upcoming season because of his playmaking ability. But for whatever reason, the coaches are writing him off and they're going out getting other running backs. And, I, you know, they're going to have Fred Jackson there. They went out and get Bryce Brown. But what? why? You know, why not rely on these two running backs? They have something up their sleeve, and I'm not exactly sure what. And like we've said earlier, time will tell with that. You know, I'm just still a little leery of what's going on in the situation there, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of pump my brakes a little bit till I can kind of figure out with team camps and you know who's kind of the guy that's in multiple plays. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, there's obviously concern as to whether or not C.J. Spiller can stay healthy. He's a he has all the talent in the world. He is that guy who can score from anywhere on the field, but again, if he 
he's useless if he can't stay healthy. And I think there's a lot of concern there. And by he's one of these guys that he's frequently he's hurt. Uh, and Fred Jackson, the 40 year old Fred Jackson, Fred X, ends up taking over and, and look and surprising everybody. So it's it, it's certainly it's different now that Bryce Brown is there. Again, the element of surprise, and this is why we play fantasy football. And uh, who knows? Time will tell. Another situation where time will tell. Gosh, Fred Jackson actually is thirty. Is thirty three? I had to look it up because I was like, you know, he really may be forty. As far as I remember, he's been in the NFL. Yep, yep, yep. Which makes you feel youthful. <laughs> So we'll go ahead and talk about Mike Evans. We already brought him up. Uh, you know, he's identical almost to Vincent Jackson. What do you expect from him this year? That's actually pretty funny because physically he he really is. They're going to be uh, lined up opposite of each other in Tampa Bay. Um, I've actually talked to Vincent Jackson a couple of times. He's a really, really nice guy um, when he was in uh, – San Diego had spoken to him a couple times. Um, I think that it, Josh McCown can tap dance into um, QB1 uh, territory by, by having those guys at his disposal. I mean, six foot five, uh, you know, blazing, well, not blazing speed, but certainly excellent speed. Uh, he's a huge target. He's gonna, he's a, gonna be a big third down guy to get you the first down. A red zone freak. He's a, he presents a lot of problems for safeties. I mean, it's amazing. If you, if you look at film on Mike Evans, he is just about identical. If you were to make a comparison to a wide receiver in the NFL, it's it's a spitting image, and the fact that they're both going to be on the same team is pretty pretty scary. Yeah, it's it's actually really surreal to have like you know the same. It's actually a little odd too that this team would go ahead and draft the exact same type of player. You know, most of the teams want you know that big possession receiver, and then kind of want that speedster. You know, someone else that's able to run around a little faster, you know, just to kind of mix it up. But, you know, they must feel that these guys are two wide receiver ones, and they're going to beat whoever lines up against them. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's scary. Like I said, I, <laughs> I was watching Filma Evans on a, in the last couple of days, and it's – it's so, hey, good for Josh McCown and good for Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans because they're, they're going to score some points – Permitting everybody stays healthy. No, I, I hope I'm wrong on what I'm about to say about McCallan, but like I just don't have that feeling that, or you know, I've watched different like game films of, especially last year, he just kind of chucks the ball up, and which is a great thing for Evans and Jackson because they're <laughs> able to jump up and get it. But besides that, you know, like it's kind of a scary situation. I mean, that's what he did a lot for Brandon Marshall and. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, he threw it up and Jeffrey makes this miraculous play, and you're like, how did he catch that over that guy? Now, you know, if Mike Evans isn't able to translate his game into the NFL, he's going to have a lot of interceptions. Uh, I think uh, Josh is, I mean, he was, what, teacher, he was an elementary school or high school teacher last year, so he's, 
he's doing he's doing something right. But you're right, you're right. He, he's he's been benefit. He's had. It seemed like Alshon Jeffrey was making the best catch I've ever seen every week. Every week it was a different, the best catch I've ever seen. And those guys, being Marshall and, and Jeffrey, their size bailed them out. And that may be what happens in, in Tampa. Time will tell. So we'll go ahead and uh, move over. Same division. We'll talk about Kevin Benjamin. What do you have to say about this guy and what do you expect? Uh, well, he's big. We we know that much. He's a he's a big guy. I, I I'm not. I've watched a lot of film on him as well. I'm not particularly impressed by him. However, you, you can't you can't teach size. Is he is just about as big as Calvin Johnson? He's a he's fast for his size. I guess he's sneaky fast, is what they say. He has big hands. He's obviously physical. Uh, it, this gives Cam Newton. He could actually be a, a, a solid wide receiver play right out of the gates because of the fact that Carolina, uh, Steve Smith went to Baltimore. Um, so they're lacking in the, the weapons department in Carolina. This is the type of guy that Cam Newton has not had his, his whole career. Um, so instead of just having a feed Greg Olson in the middle of the field, I think a guy like Benjamin can help Cam out. I'm not that impressed with him, but certainly his size and the fact that he's not going to have a lot of competition in Carolina as far as ball distribution. So he, he, he will be the primary target for Cam Newton week one. As far as Benjamin goes, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the size all day. You know, he's a huge target out in the field. You know, he's almost like another tight end being out there. What I like about him, though, is Newton has been able to be a fantastic player without main, like, big name receivers out there. You know, you can go ahead and argue with me, Steve Smith is a big name, but I'll go ahead and say that he's not. The guy has not been that great, and he's not been a wide receiver one as far as fantasy football terms. You know, like we're saying, Benjamin. Benjamin has that op- uh, opportunity to come out and be a top wide receiver in the NFL. You know, if him and Newton go ahead and get this chemistry together, that's something I'm super excited about. What I'm not so excited about, though, is Newton's going to be down for a little bit, and you know that's going to go ahead and, t- uh, and hurt on the chemistry. And you know what each other's doing and what each other's thinking all the time. That takes time, and so you know that's what kind of worries me for, for the beginning of the season. You know, maybe they they're not clicking week one. It may take week two, week three to go ahead and get there. But you know, I expect it to happen early in this football season. Agreed, uh, for sure. It's um, it, it'll it'll take a little bit of time, but this. This kid here is something, like I said, Cam Newton has not had. Steve Smith is a tremendous wide receiver. He's had a hell of a career. Uh, he's he's also not 6'6", um, and he's no spring chicken. So this will be interesting to see what type of chemistry these two develop and, and how we know Carolina has the defense. 
um, I think it's that offense that everybody's kind of concerned about going forward. So another it looks like an, a, a solid piece in, in, in place down in Carolina offensively. So we'll go ahead and jump to another receiver here. But before we do that, we'll go ahead and give another shout-out to thefakepigskin.com. If you haven't been there, check out the website. Uh, there's a lot of different writers. There's a lot of different things going on the site. You know, me and Justin probably wouldn't have this podcast going right now if it wasn't for Fake Pigskin. So, I, I mean, if you're enjoying the podcast, definitely check out the site. You know, me and Justin definitely still would have met because we're you know, Twitter sluts. We're all over the place on there. You know, you're always going to see us on there. That's right. That's uh, right. But let's go ahead and move to Marquise Lee. Now, Ira's already two of one USC wide receiver. I'm sure you can guess what I'm going to say about this one. Lead this one off, Justin. Yeah, he's – of course, he played with with Robert Woods and and, and um and he's he seems like he's been a guy that you've – He's been around for 15 years. Um, he's one of those guys you just every year. And he, um, there's been some Greg Jennings comparisons drawn to to Lee. He, he like just like Sammy Watkins was a three year starter as a Trojan. Uh, he's another guy that's he's durable. He's a polished root runner. I think that's ideal for for Bortles um, year one. Um, for those two to develop some type of chemistry, uh, you get a guy like Lee. He's not as raw as some of these guys. I think he, he almost comes up like the you know the the more one of the more seasoned guys um, who's ready to make an impact instantly. Um, Justin Blackman, another monumental headache. Uh, we don't know his fate with the team, and if, if he's out, which it looks like. He's going to be. Um, Lee has the potential to be uh, have some fantasy relevance uh, on, in the early goings. Yeah, I mean wh- exactly what you said there. With the chance of Blackman not be or being out lengthy, Lee's going to be able to come in and step in right away. Uh, and you kind of nailed it on the head there, where you know you're like Marquise Lee's name's been thrown around for a while now, and that's exactly it. I've played college fantasy, and I remember seeing his name and like, man, this guy's a stud. You know, he's throwing up huge games, huge numbers. You know, like he's going to come out of the NFL this year. Sure enough, doesn't he plays another season? And some people said it's a letdown, but he still had a pretty decent season, banged up by injury. So you know, it's still one of those things of have we still seen his full potential? He's still a 22 year old wide receiver. You know, the sky is the ceiling for this guy. And Blake Bortles is throwing to him. So, you know, you have – that's kind of the downfall for me. You know, I'm not huge into a wide receiver into a quarterback like him. And, you know, maybe the system will all work its way out with Bortles and Lee. But as far as Chad Henney goes, Chad Henney can throw the deep ball and Marquise Lee can run. And so that's exactly what I'm excited about. Yes, sir. Um, another – Seems like one of these pieces that just kind of fell into the right place. Uh, he can develop, you know, they'll, they'll, both of them are rookies, obviously Bortles and, and Lee, so they can, maybe they can be one of these duos who spend their whole career together. I think that's, you know, f- fantasy 
talk there, but um, it's they're a work in progress. And Jacksonville is just one of those teams where you hope you can see something good. Um, and right when they do have something like a Justin Blackman, uh, it's suspension. It's it's this. It's that. And so Lee is definitely a guy that I'm gonna you you might want to look at late. You know, and to kind of take a flyer on on Marquise Lee. So we'll go ahead and finish up with our last wide receiver here. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham. Now, the situation in New York is pretty exciting that he's going to go ahead and take over where Hakeem Nix left off. What are your expectations for him? I think he's going to probably line up opposite of Victor Cruz. Um, He's another guy who doesn't have – he has phenomenal speed. Um, elite speed. Uh, he's on the shorter side. He actually ha- he kind of looks like um, Victor Cruz a little bit as far as his size. So that's odd. Um, Hakeem Nix had all the. He was in a contract year, and he was a monumental disappointment. Um, I thought he was a guy I've been saying for the last couple of years. He, he's going to get it together. He's going to get it together. He's still young. He's still young. He's still young, and he's still young. Now he's in Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> But Beckham ha- Beckham is one of these guys. I've I've heard Antonio Brown uh, comparisons drawn. That's a pretty good compliment uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, if you're in- Antonio Brown in a PPR league, is is you're talking about 100 catches a year. I'm I'm not saying that that's what Beckham's going to do. I'm just saying he is that home run threat. Um, he can be a special teams guy. And I really think week one you could see him lined up opposite of Victor Cruz. He's another polished guy. There's another. I keep using the word polished tonight. Uh, he's an, he's another polished guy. Uh, it seems like he's been around, but I think he can make an impact week one. Now, uh, you know, he's actually a player that I really just need to wait a little bit more on before I make my huge decision. Uh, you know, Ruben Randall could be the number two wide receiver out there. And, you know, Beckham's kind of that slot guy. And like you said, you could see him lining up number two. You know, it's just one of those situations. Why did they draft a wide receiver in the first round? You know, he was drafted in the 12th spot. So, you know, they must feel like Ruben Randall isn't the guy and Beckham, you know, is the, the guy that they want. So, you know, that's what kind of is like throwing me off here is, you know, why why did they draft him so early and you know they they had obviously other different needs there they could have even went with Johnny Football and brought him to New York and that would have been a heyday there <laughs> but it's... i just don't know you know i it's one of those situations where you know i don't know what their intentions are with him if they want to use him in the slot and do different things with him because he is just a, he's speedy and he's tough and he's got great hands you know, there's just so many different things to like about the guy. But in the same time, it's like, you know, how is Eli Manning going to use him? The jury is out, my friend. I mean, <laughs> we we will see. I mean, and certainly there's been a there's, – there's some serious talent that came out this year. So he's – but to take him at 12, like you said, there's there's, there's probably some suspicions in, as far as, you know, Randall. So – 
if you watch film on this guy, of course, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a film junkie. I want to see things to believe him. Uh, and if you look at a guy like Beckham, he's, he's the real deal. He, he is the real deal. Um, so uh, a little on the shorter side. He's not a big guy like some of these guys we've talked about, but he possesses that, that speed. I don't even know what Eli Manning has left in the tank. To, to be honest with you, um, his fantasy relevance is kind of, um, he's, he's made some stupid decisions. Um, but, and I think Victor Cruz has kind of helped him out the last couple of years. I mean, he's, but again, time will tell. So let's go ahead and move to our last guy we're going to talk about in the draft. We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, the tight end out of Detroit, uh, Eric Ebron. Oh. <laughs> nope. You know what, Chris? I I, I don't I hate to just bounce around. There was one guy, and I know we we didn't you and I didn't we we do a briefing uh, prior to the show as to you know certain what's going to be talked about. It. There's a kid by the name of Brandon Cooks that the Saints that the, 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 the Saints took right, and he's another guy that. Wow. Just wow. We don't have to go on and on. We can save him for another show. I just didn't want him to be um, overlooked. Yep. Yeah. No, he's, um, Drew Brees will be feeding him the ball. They have some serious talent down in New Orleans with Kenny Stills. Now. It's, but go ahead. We can talk about Ebron. Well, no, we'll go ahead and talk about Cooks for just a second. I mean, what, what to, I mean, you've let off all night. I'll start it off with him just a little bit. What to like about him is Marquise Colston's kind of being faded out. Cooks looks like he's going to be that guy that revamps New Orleans offense. You know, they got rid of Sproles. Uh, like I said, Marquise Colton's kind of on the down. It looks like they're going to look to this guy to make the big plays for them, and they're going to use him all over the field. He's a tough wide receiver. He's electrifying. He's going to make all the plays that they need. And, you know, they – the Saints to go ahead and pick out a receiver, you know, Drew Brees must have liked this guy. They must have had something on this guy, and why not? I mean, everything, all signs point up to this guy. Yeah, I agree 100%. He, the fact that they went out and got him, I think, at, at 20, pick 20, uh, Drew Brees must have seen something. And, and it, again, the tape will show that he he's another guy that's versatile. Uh, he's polished. Uh, and speaking of Steve Smith, there's been Steve Smith – Comparisons drawn with. Sorry, <laughs> my son ran upstairs. Oh, I did that. That's that's the way it goes. My my little boy is counting sheep. Thank thank God. Um, I wish mine was. He's jumping on the bed right now. Oh, it's, it's all good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the best. Um, I lost my train. Oh, Steve Smith. Um, this kid. You didn't sound like you were too keen on Steve Smith when you talked about him earlier, but I. You can't take what you can't take from Steve Smith was this this guy's whole career. You know what he didn't have in height, or what he doesn't have in height, he makes up for in heart. And Cook seems like the type of guy um, who's going to be a who's going to have to jump, you know, jump balls, and um, but a tough physical guy. And I think let's not forget this kid got the Bolitnikoff Award um, last year. That's saying something. The best college uh, wide receiver. So, 
we don't have to spend too much time on them. I just didn't want them to go you know, completely unnoticed. That's <laughs> not a problem. And, you know, I thought about putting them in the notes, but I was like, gosh, we're going to talk about all these wide receivers. And so I was like, we'll go ahead and kind of go with someone who's going to be controversial. Because, you know, Cooks is going to be a big, like, you know, he's going to be that big guy. And, you know, people will probably take him. I figure the eighth, ninth round in drafts, because I could see him even maybe moving up a little sooner than that. He's going to be tough. Yes, sir. Um, and he might go one. There's a plethora of teams all, all the time in, in New Orleans as far as wide receivers. Uh, Marcus Colston's, uh, he's, he, he's push, pushing 33 maybe, I want to say, 32, 33. So he's on his way out. There always seems like there's four or five guys down there. Um, so there's a lot of miles to feed for Drew Brees. Um, but like you said, when we first started talking about cooks, for them to go and grab him at pick 20, um, Drew Brees probably saw something in him, um, and said, look, you know, go, go and get him. So that's keep, keep an eye out. When you said Marquise Colston was 33, I was just like, hold on, I've got to look this up real quick. I was like, if he's the same age as Fred Jackson, and <laughs> I was like, no way. Look yeah, it up. Marquise Colston's only 30, so. All right. So, you know, okay. just that couple extra years makes me feel so much better about yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's, you know, we've been doing this for so long, um, so it, you feel like these guys are older than they are, but, um, so we'll finish up here with Ebron. What do you feel about him? What do you like? What do you dislike? Well, tight end, uh, you know, going to pick 10. Uh, it seems kind of like a Detroit move. Um, all the years that they went and got wide receivers in the first round over and the Matt Millen days over and over and they're just, uh, Charles Rogers, Charles Rogers from Michigan State. He, and then he he turned out to be uh, just um, he was fun he was incredible in college. Though. Rogers was incredible, but Matt Millen really blew things up um, in Detroit. Uh, this kid, <laughs> he's going to be a he's going to be a great conglomerate for 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 Stafford and, and Reggie Bush and and Megatron. And he's got. I mean, he's a big guy. I, I've heard. Um, Vernon Davis uh, comparisons with Ebron. Um, uh, Vernon Davis, one of these guys that he hasn't had the best quarterbacks in the world getting him the ball. I think Ebron is in a great situation uh, in Detroit that could, he could have an immediate impact. He's a he's another mismatched nightmare. He's one of these hybrid type of guys that that can he's going to be you know, too fast for the linebackers. Too big for the safeties, and he's athletic. So, what do you? How do you contain that type of um, beast in the in the middle of the field? And that's just what what Matt Stafford, I think, needs. So, you we've been Pettigrew seems like he's been we've been waiting, waiting, waiting on him, um, and he just uh, he's been okay. Um, but a, a guy like Ebron in the in the middle of the field, this offense is going to probably go. I like and dislike Ebron. I like Ebron because it's going to help Matthew Stafford. I really have been waiting for that kind of, you know, Matthew Stafford now really doesn't have excuses for why he's going to throw interceptions. You know, that's the that's always been his problem is, you know, he's been a good fantasy quarterback sometimes when he doesn't throw, you know, 
throw those interceptions. Same with Jay Cutler. You know, they're both great guys that just limit their interceptions. Well, for Stafford here, you know, Stafford throws the ball a lot. You know, you're expecting almost 300 to 400 yards a game from him. You know, with these new wide receivers, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he even threw up a 500-yard game. I know that's crazy, but seriously, with all these receivers that he has, you know, you got Golden Tate, you have Megatron, you have Joe Bell, you have Reggie Bush, you know, you have all these weapons. This offense is set up to pass the ball and move the ball. Over and over and over and over, yeah. Exactly. Now, what I don't like about Ebron is that, you know, he's going to be in the middle of the field. You know, he's still going to get attention. You know, I feel like you focus on Megatron. Of course, you're going to double-team him. Do you double-team Golden Tate? No. I'm not too concerned about Golden Tate. I would be more concerned about Ebron. And I kind of see – I can see his numbers being a little low as far as, like, touchdowns. Addition, uh, at first I thought, you know, maybe eight touchdowns for him. I'm going to move it down to maybe four or five touchdowns for him for the whole year, I think. And, you know, as far as the tight end goes – that's not very exciting. No, no, but it's it, it. This has to give you, from just a fantasy standpoint alone, uh, it, it, it's an eye opener that wow. You here, you have a, a tight end going at pick ten in the NFL draft, and I'm not even. I could care less how the the Lions end up um, finishing in the in the NFC North. Um, it has to, there's something about this kid, and I think we see a guy, as far as tight ends go in fantasy world, um, you have, there's Jimmy Graham, and then there's everybody else. And then a wishful, from a wishful standpoint, wishful thinking standpoint, we hope that a Kyle Rudolph will emerges. Um, but we have, I mean, and you have a guy like Vernon Davis and Julius Thomas, we're not gonna go on, I'm not gonna go on about tight ends, but there's some, it's, it is an eye opener um, because he's he's one of these thin. Um, we want to see a guy like a Jimmy a Jimmy Graham, another Jimmy Graham, because it's such a boring position. I mean, I, I find myself the other day I was I'm going, wow, Zach Ertz is going to be a a sleeper at time. That's that's just, that's just it's boring to me. I I need a little more spice at the tight end position. You know, like you said about tight ends, uh, Julius Thomas, we're going to go ahead and talk about him a little bit next week because I'm starting to have this obsession with him and what I think he could be. I can kind of see him maybe being that number one tight end. You know, call me crazy, but I can see it. You know, he's going to get these red zone targets, and we'll go into all this next week. So, as far as the first uh, first show go- goes, Justin, I had an absolute blast uh, having you on the show tonight, and I can't wait to do this again. Hopefully, next week, we can go ahead and do this. Um, is there anything else you want to go ahead and finish up with, Justin? No, I, I agree, Chris. We This was this was a lot of fun, and we, you know, here we are in May, and, and the two of us are extremely excited about the upcoming football season, and we're hoping to do this weekly. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have me, Justin, and then we'll always have my son chiming in in the background of his two cents. Yeah, we'll go can't ahead do it without weekly. him. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and sign off here. Uh, everyone have a great night, and thanks for tuning in.
Yeah, yeah.